All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a rush. Describe the ruckus, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I'm in my prime. I'm in my Ain't it cool? First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. DJ Nervous. And DJ Neko. Episode 110 of the Hordes of Chaos here on the Metal Town Radio Podcast. How are you doing, Disney? Uh, okay. It's been a week. I've been, like, super busy. But, like, I feel, you know, we've chronicled on here my change in, in job and everything's been kind of, like, crazy and stuff. And I'm starting to, you know really take ownership and fully understand the shit that's going on and it feels good to like I just I was so intimidated at my new job I was telling you before we got on here I I was going over I had a meeting with my boss and we were going over things and she was just very pleased and she's like I like seeing your growth every week so I'm feeling pretty good but it you you've seen how much I've worked in the last 2 weeks. It's been a little exhausting and Yeah, you've been uh keeping busy with it, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're still kind of getting back into the groove of things. And that's what I kind of figure like after I've been there for a few months, it may not take me as long to do things as it does now, you know. Right. But you um you've just always been so supportive and you know it's a beautiful day today. We've been talking about like sprucing up things around the house and you know, April's coming, so that's going to be a good time for me to get some shit done outside and I'm thinking about that little garden in the back. I'm going to put some, you know, ground coverings and stuff. And I know that's not very metal, so maybe I'll sacrifice like a baby goat over top of it so that it becomes a metal garden. What do you think? <laughs> You're like, you whatever. Want. Yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> Anyway, um, those that are listening to this, they aren't going to really know any difference because, you know, we pre-record these before we release them. So, this podcast is actually being recorded a week earlier than it's going to be released, only because 
we're saving our podcast for next week for the Godzilla versus Kong, which is going to be an entire episode dedicated to that. Cause it's going to be all Godzilla all the time. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, so you'll the people that are listening to us now, this has been done like two weeks in advance, but there's some good topics that we've got to talk about. I know that we saw episode one of Falcon the Winter Soldier. We'll talk a little bit about it. We have not seen episode two, which came out today. We'll do that later, but... Uh, we got a little bit on that. Uh, we have our Red Show DVD movie revolt. Mm-hmm. Movie vault. I said revolt. <laughs> Are we revolting? We're revolting. They were in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we have another movie we're going to review a little bit that we caught last night, which is pretty cool and a lot of fun. Uh, features assistant director Kyle Wong. And then uh, a lot of new music coming your way as well, as well as Neko's Pick of the Week in the Rock Block. So we got a lot of good shit coming your way. So this first block, brand new stuff from Agent Steel, Witch Trip, and Demiser. And here's Agent Steel with No Other Gods Before Me.
I broke you. How have you come back? You're the only one who can learn the strength to escape. I did not escape. The child of Ra's al Ghul made the climb. But he is not the child of Ra's al Ghul. I am. Talia, Al Ghul, here to finish my father's work. But we totally had sex. Yes, I, I know. No, like, hardcore. Three times. It was all a cruel ploy to gain your confidence. That was a cruel ploy? <laughs> Sign me up for another. It was great. When the mission is at hand, no act is off limits. I agree. Nothing was off limits. It was like an all-you-can-fuck buffet. Okay, Bruce, that's enough. Okay, let's get back on track. You must be wondering how we came to this moment, Mr. Wayne. Let me see if I recollect. Some stuff happened. You sucked my dick. My father. Like a lot. My father never accepted Bane. How was that, by the way? Are you done? I hadn't showered that day. And I fight crime in a rubber suit. Really seals in the flavor. Oh, dude, Jesus. My father only saw a monster who could not be tamed. You tamed my monster. Okay, just shut up, okay? With your mouth. Stop! In two other places. Okay. In an order that would surprise you. Enough! Ass mouth fan. All right, that's it! That is my love you're speaking to. I am her protector. That's ironic. Because we didn't use any protection. And I offered. You motherfucker. No, 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 Bane. It's fine. These words will be his last. Her last words were, spit in my mouth. Okay, do you understand what's happening right now? A bomb is about to blow up Gotham and I've stabbed you. I stabbed you first. Okay. With my dick. I, I got it. Just to clarify, guy who breathes through a crab... It's not the first time one of us has shoved nine hard inches up into somebody's ribs. It wasn't nine inches. Except when I did it to her, she loved it. Enough! Soon you will feel the fire of 12 million souls you failed. So what you're saying is by touching that red spot in just the right way, there's an explosion? Exactly. Uh, you get it. You know I'm good at it. I do the alphabet. A is for Alfred. B is for bats. It's a clitoris. I get it. I get it. You don't have to show me. I, I found it. it. I'm the world's greatest detective. Give it. Uh. Yes. How does it feel to have something hard penetrate your body? No? Nothing? I mean, I could think of like 10 off of that. I'm sorry. I'm... All sex jokes aside, I am losing quite a bit of blood. You're an idiot. All right, fuck this. I'm just gonna blow up Gotham now. Goodbye, my love. Wait, are you crying right now? Jesus, his face is all wet. Like mine was at the beginning. And he's back. And yours was at the end. Press the button. You gave Gordon a way to block my signal. No matter. You bought yourself 11 minutes. What you should buy yourself is another pair of panties. I totally hid these from you when you were in the John. That's a lot of memories. Huh? You want a little? Which one of these tubes do you smell out of? Now you have my permission to cry.
<laughs> we uh, we love that little bit there from uh, College Humor. Every time I need a little pick-me-up, I, I watch that. And my second go-to now is the uh, lawyer cat. <laughs> I'm here, judge. I'm live. I'm not, not a, a cat. cat. <laughs> Actually, uh, I was... Uh, because I, because I told you that I might be talking with Sci-Fi Century and maybe some of the other guys uh -huh. down the road on video. Oh my goodness, are you are you gonna like make yourself a cat? Well, I was trying. There was filters. I was looking for the one that had a cat. <laughs> I was like, I gotta find that. Where did he get that? That's great. Apparently, the story is he was using his assistant's um, laptop. Kids and the kid. You know, because that's what kids do now. They're always, like, zooming each other. And the kid had the the filter, the filter live. <laughs> the... He couldn't figure out to shut it off. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here. We can get started. I, I, I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. <laughs> oh, my God. It, but it just shows you how out of tune with technology he was. Because he actually thought that everyone thought he was a real cat. Even though you can see all the eyes darting. and the... Oh, God. That was the best part. The cat's eyes are going down He's and like left. He's like looking, trying for how to shut it off. Mm. Yeah, so. Okay, so anyway, that's Batman. Uh, our favorite. But it has nothing to do with our first topic, which is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, of course. So that was DC. This is Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was just something fun we threw in there. So, three weeks ago, we got done with WandaVision, which was pretty cool, even though some people have seemed a little bit let down from the ending there, but, uh... Oh, it was sad, I thought. Honestly, I was I was kind of depressed. Yeah, I mean, it has a, a low moment, but I'm sure they're gonna... Just like, you know, everything else with Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, are all gonna continue on with these series and see how they go. Uh, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, of course, follows, um... The guy that plays Falcon, I forget his actor's name, but uh, he's really good at it. Played a good friend of uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America. And, of course, Bucky Barnes, who plays Winter Soldier, was also a longtime friend of Steve Rogers. And, of course, turned out to be Winter Soldier in one of the movies. Who was brainwashed by Hydra and became, like, a top assassin for years. And if you haven't followed, he was also responsible for Iron Man's parents' death. Uh, however... Uh, through the years, once they've managed to break through the the con mind controlling issue with him, and you know, they try to deprogram him, so to speak, uh, Bucky became a big ally for the Avengers and everything else. And now we're starting up a series where both Bucky and Falcon are be getting together, fighting new uh, bad guys. This is all, of course, taking place kind of like WandaVision five years after Endgame when everybody shows back up because they've changed the timeline uh, to where everyone returns because the snap of the finger by Thanos is no longer an issue. I, I find it interesting that they're doing these little side shows because of that five-year thing, and I hope they keep exploring that. Not I, For me, it, it's like you were gone for five years and then you just magically reappear five years later. It's like... I would like it's like the missing. What, what would you? Well, yeah. Where were you? Where were you in like some kind of five year coma, and then boom, you come back. Like I, I would, I would love to see if they they incorporate like what people's experiences were. Well, yeah, because you remember in uh, Infinity War when Thanos first does that, mm -hmm. like you're literally talking with one of them, and they're just starting to turn into ash. And they're like, oh. And but then all of a sudden, we saw in one division where. Um, 
the the one chick who was walking in the hospital from her mother, people were just returning, and she was one of the ones that came returned. They said, "Where you?" And been? it's right from right where she was. Right. So, uh, of course, you know, her mother had passed on while she was gone for five years because there's no way she would have been able to know that. But, and she doesn't even realize it's she's been gone. Like right. five years just didn't happen. Right. Like they, everyone who came back just lost that time they just figured oh we're back okay cool um but of course this all takes place when everybody comes back and one of the uh groups that they face against i believe um is some sort of uh terrorist group who who liked what they call the blip when everybody yeah they liked it better it's better when everybody was gone because apparently when everybody was gone and the, you know the animals and all that stuff like it, it just gave a lot of space so people open the borders without any real issues you know people can have a lot of space to work with now that everyone's back there seems to be this theory that there's just overcrowded and you know all this other shit going on but and i mean i'm sure it's kind of if you went five years how many did they say 50 percent of the population was gone or yeah, something at least at yeah. least so if you went five years and, you know, they had, like, a memorial of, like, who was the missing and blah, 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 and then you acclimated life to supporting 50% of life, and then, boom, the 50% comes back. It's like, how do you handle that? I'm just saying, as, in general, grocery stores now have 50% of people coming back. And yeah, because, you know... On a deeper level, um, I mean, let's for Missy and I, Neko and I, should, if that were to happen in real life and one of us disappeared, in theory, we would want we would kill it. We have a suicide pact, <laughs> and and I know that sounds morbid, but we do. We'll, we'll try to think of a lighter note. Like, if I had been turned to ash, and you know, five years passed, Neko probably would have got remarried to Chris Hemsworth or some shit, but. That that's the thing, like people like the regular people during these films who weren't part of the Avengers had no idea what they were even trying to attempt to do to restore everything. So regular citizens had to go about their regular lives, whether they were sad and all that or not, but they had to move on at a certain point too. So you figure some people after two years like I lost a loved one, I lost my family, but now I found someone else who was you know, had the same issue, maybe now they're together. So that's some of the stuff that, you know, when you say to explore some of this other stuff, I mean, obviously they're not going to spend a lot of time on regular citizens, but that certainly says something about how watching these movies, we're only watching it from the hero's perspective. We're not seeing it from the other side of that. Um, the closest we can was Hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, but with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, here it is that uh i find a dude's name what the fuck is this goddamn name i don't i don't know honey uh, uh, sam that's what it is <laughs> so sam is the guy that plays falcon and so like you know he's dealing with the fact that captain america gave him the shield at the end of endgame basically to say hey I want you to be right. You you're gonna be the new hero, the new Captain America, the icon that people they can lead people. But Sam was having a hard time with that, 
and eventually gave the shield to the Smithsonian uh, under the government's okay. However, the government decided they want uh, a new Captain America because they need a, an icon or an idol or a figure there to keep people's hopes up. And they do so in the name of a guy named John Walker, played by Wyatt Russell. Now, their reasoning is probably a lot different than what we got in the comics, because in the comics it had to do with color and racism still, but this, because we're in 2021, they're not really going to flow with that reasoning. They're probably just going to use that they just want the icon there, and that's it. And Sam didn't want to do it. However, you do see at the end of episode one with this Falcon and Winter Soldier that Sam seems a little distraught about it because he thought that they were going to retire the shield there without putting anybody else in place because he feels like it's just not the right person. So there's like that bond that he had with Steve Rogers uh, being Captain America. Mm -hmm. he, just, he couldn't see anybody else as that. On the other side of that, Bucky Barnes as Winter Soldier, he's dealing with his own demons from his days of being an assassin for Hydra. So as he's trying to put his own life back together... Uh, despite some of the peace he made in Wakanda when they were able to kind of just, you know, give him a fresh start before the Endgame War. Uh, they named it White Wolf and everything else. So he's dealing White with his, he, he, he's dealing with his own demons where he's still having nightmares about some of the killings that took place. And he ends up going on a date with a girl. And they both know this older Asian gentleman. Uh, that he's friends with. And the reason why he's friends with this Asian gentleman is because he, he comes to learn through his nightmares and everything else that, oh, I killed this guy's son. This is why I felt drawn to him. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he's really going to have a hard time coming to terms with a lot of that, and it hasn't really been explained to the father. Um, Do you think he's going to tell him? I don't know. Either he's going to find out or he's going to tell him, probably, but... The, the key thing for Bucky is how he can kind of put put some of his stuff at rest or at peace because it wasn't really him. He was never that kind of guy before the Hydra implants and everything else. So we do know that somewhere in the series, Daniel Brule comes back and he's the guy from Civil War that created a lot of that mess by framing Bucky and by exposing what Bucky did with... Uh, Iron Man's parents so like that was like a catalyst for all that drama that happened in that movie so here we are with uh, Bucky now in this season they're going to be fighting these people that wanted the blip to stay there so who knows how they're going to go about trying to create havoc or try to get back to that place who knows I don't know but I mean I'm wondering if they're going to try and because we've seen how they can go into these alternate like time I'm wondering if these terrorist groups are going to learn that they that's a possibility and then they're going to try and do that and then they're going to try and collect the infinity stones in alternate times and have them themselves and then redo it well that's the thing like we and I think you and I kind of alluded to this after WandaVision is that um, Agatha the witch she may very well play a piece in this we know Loki at some point when that series gets released uh, there was like a little clip of him with uh, Black Widow. Um, we know Doctor Strange is going to have some connection to all this as well with WandaVision and whatnot. So you're probably right. There's probably going to be some point where 
either Daniel Brühl's character or some other kind of anti-hero, or not anti-hero, but just a villain comes in and says, okay, we know they mess with timelines to get everybody back. Now let's go see if we can find a way to get it back to the way we want it. So who, I don't know what direction they want to go with this. It may be something totally different, but... We, we may just be making up a story that's not going to happen. Because right. I, I don't know the story. Well, we, we did that during WandaVision. We were trying to guess what was going to happen, and we were kind of off on that. We knew we knew that uh, Wanda was creating this universe. We just didn't know how or why at the time. And so. I honestly, in WandaVision, I thought that she was a prisoner. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that was like in her own mind that sh- that's they were torturing her. And she was doing that in her own mind kind of to cope. But it was... Just her. It was just her. And uh, from what I understand, the Scarlet Witch is like one of the most powerful superheroes so that might be like well we learned that in uh wandavision well that plus endgame like she took on thanos pretty good um but you see in wandavision how they um they really explained her power oh yeah 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 like she probably like endgame she was strong but now via WandaVision she's actually grown even more so yeah like I don't know much about her character I knew when they introduced her I was like oh wow that's a really cool character so uh but with Falcon Winter Soldier it's just kicking off and uh it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun uh Sam is still Falcon and he has his little gidgets and guzmos and a little side thing kind of reminds me of Cassie Cage right now but uh I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. We're going to check out the episode two tonight. And probably, we probably won't talk about it every week until we get a few episodes in. We'll come back and revisit it. But All right. Well, let's get back to some music. Music. Again, new stuff from Twitch of the Deaf Nerve, Moros. And here's brand new The Furrier, Surging Curse Assassin. And we'll be back.
DJ Anubis here, and I want to say if you dig all things Godzilla and KG related, then check out the YouTube channel of the Sci-Fi Century. He has great reviews, opinions, and theories in the world of sci-fi horror, anime, and of course everyone's favorite atomic breathing lizard, Godzilla. Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on his shows as well as the collaborations with the big teddy bear, that fat samurai guy. So if you want to keep it raw, real, tune into the Sci-Fi Century. That's S-C-I-F-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y. Sci-Fi Century. Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla-related information. Peace. do realize though that's his tagline right keep it raw and real yes that's hysterical yes he is keeping it real sci-fi century that's my boy keeping it raw and real not yeah. just real but yeah. keeping it raw and real he's fucking awesome all right so we're on to our next topic here i uh, love how you announce it yes we have another topic for you actually it's for me Actually, it is. And here's some backstory <laughs> of this shit, okay? So, despite the fact that Neko's a badass, right? Like, we all know she's a badass person. Why not? I'm she's a splicer. She's still a very girly girl. I am very... So the like, one thing I like about my new job is, like, I wore a dress the other day to work. I was like, fuck yeah! But I was still wearing my, my steel toe boots, but they're really cute. They look like motorcycle boots, whereas before they she's were like just... like a punk rocker now. Yeah, like... My my old boots are just like they're more like sneakers that are composite toe and they're boring and comfortable and I because I had to be on my feet a lot and I was wearing like work pants and t-shirts and hard hats and now I'm more on the other side where I'm like wrangling a bunch of me's like former me's around and I do I do like makeup and I got my nails done last weekend like it was fucking awesome yeah, she gets a chance to be a girly girl again. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but anyway I was perusing the web like I usually do and looking for topics and uh, metalinjection.net had something which I knew would like kind of speak to Neko's heart because occasionally on evenings she will put these like skin masks on and I always we always make fun of it because it looks like <laughs> it's like silence of the lamps yeah. type shit here so because it is, it's literally a paper mask that has, you know, product on it. It could be green tea, it could be soothing, it could be an acne mask. And I always, I love doing them. And sometimes I don't even do those kind of masks. I do the old grandma masks and I come down with the green on my face. And Yeah, and I, I, I try to contain myself from laughing because it's just incredibly hilarious to watch. But... <clears throat> I come across this, this article, and it's a Finnish brand from Finland called Kamas Cosmetics. And what they're doing is creating these uh, mass packs, but they're in the form of quartz paint. So she can put this mask on, and it looks, it looks like she has quartz paint on. It has, like, the designs. And I said, buy me all of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, so I did go look, but, like, they're still in pre-production, so everything you, they're doing is, It's like, all being crowdfunded. crowdfunded. Right. So uh, it, it, they have, like, a little clip, three girls in there doing exactly that. You know, do exactly what me and my girlfriends do. Says, like, the wine, and they're, like, talking and taking selfies. <laughs> and But they've got these, like, coarse paint skin mask on, so. But then when they take the one selfie, it's, like, them looking all cute, and mm -hmm. then it's, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And the one, the one clip I showed you not that long ago, it was the girl coming home from work, and then she decides she's going to take a bath, but then she puts, like, the bubble bath is red, and then the ducky, like, the rubber ducky floated by, and it had corpse paint yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you ever saw the old, um, there was, like, a YouTube video years ago called Black Metal Babysitting, this guy would was in corpse paint, and he was basically this cute little blonde girl. And she, I think at first they were playing cards or something, and then finally she was kind of bored, and so he said, well, I've got an idea. So they got those little, like, wooden sticks. Craft sticks, right, yeah. And glue, and they created this church, and then he sp sprayed it with, like, uh, lighter, fluid. lighter fluid, and then it lit up, you know, just like a you know church burning, and the little girl was just giving up the horns. It's really cute. Uh, but this is kind of reminds me of that because it's, you know, the girls sitting on a couch drinking wine and the thing, taking selfies in the next pictures like them in like metal and leather and giving the horns and looking all like scary and whatnot. They came. Oh, come on. My computer just went. Ah! She fucked up. Okay, it's back. She fucked it up. They are the um, inventors of corpse paint soap as well. Yeah. And I, what, what, what they're doing on this website, so. It's crowdfunding, so what what basically is what's going to happen is you you pre-order, and then after they hit a hundred percent, they'll they'll ship it out to you because they're they got to create it. You know, they created the prototype, and now they've got to mass produce it. It's kind of like the uh, wa water dishes that we yeah. got for the cat. Have you done that yet? Are you put money towards it yet no i haven't because like i want i i do like here pre-order <laughs> here i do because you can get like so they come in brown rice and or yeah brown rice bran and green tea mm -hmm. and you can get like just a pack or you can get the mega pack that has six rice bran and six green tea i i don't know and they're not that cheap though either but so. i don't know because it it's in let me see yours, because mine is not in American dollars. Yeah, okay, well, but I'm saying is, I think they're like, like, when it comes to U.S. dollars, that's probably like 30 or $40. Like, it's only a little bit more for, like, right. in terms of how it's listed. So this is 52 euro. Which I think is like 40 Oh, uh, let's, let's ask the internet. <laughs> I, I can't do that. But, uh... Yeah, the masks are available for pre-order. Okay, so it's $61 U.S. dollars. Yeah, so it's actually more than I thought. So. And then, but, well, if you but, if you get 12 masks for $61, let's do the shady math again, because I... Shady math. <laughs> so, 61 divide 12 equals... So that's like $5 a mask, which is, you know, about average some are cheaper some are more expensive but these have a little bit of a gimmick to them and i would love to wear a corpse paint mask and yeah you know i wonder if like you know lady fat blood or sky nielsen or skyler you know would all be like into this kind of stuff like you we are. could have a face mask party is that what you're saying yeah corpse paint party you're not invited mm -mm. the funny thing the these um these sheet masks they actually got very popular in um like asian cultures and when i was and they're they're very very inexpensive 
in um, like Hong Kong and Taiwan. And when I was there last year, I was like, load them up. I mean, when I say inexpensive, like 50 cents a piece. Here, it's a little bit more expensive. They range between two and five dollars per pack. But for me, I mean, I feel like I need them all. Like I'd spend six, <laughs> I, I'd spend sixty one dollars, and if that would help, like get them closer to their crowdfunding, then you know. Well, absolutely. I mean, that, that's what we're all about. We're all about supporting. So recently, this is not about corpse paint, but it's also about a smaller company. I didn't realize this, but I um, I've been I am very fortunate with my job that I can work remote a lot. And I go to the office too, but when I park, it's a very big facility. So it takes me literally, and this is not an exaggeration, it takes me 15 minutes to leave my car, walk to the building, climb up four flights of steps, and then walk to my office. And I have kind of like said, I need a backpack. So I got some random crappy, inexpensive backpack off of Amazon, and it's just not big enough. And then I started researching and I'm like, boom, this backpack here, perfect size. Oh, it looks so nice. And I didn't realize this was an independent company, you know, that has created this specific backpack. That's what we're all about. We want to support people who have, I mean, I'm not saying that we hate Amazon. He works for Amazon, but we try so often to support people who have their own independent projects. And I think that's a big thing with us right now. Within probably the last... Easily, like, the last, like, two, three years, we've been trying to... Well, really... no, I, I, it's probably been a little bit more, like, well, the last few months, because when it comes to, like, Neko's notice it more of me is uh, I've been communicating and integra- uh, interacting with a lot of these YouTube personalities. So, like, Sci-Fi Century or Joshua Gray or Fat Samurai Guy... Now, granted, Fat Samurai Guy has a pretty good following. Some of these guys do, but uh, they've also introduced me to other ones that are part of their programming. It's like a little community. Right. So, uh, you know, some of them we can't support financially because they don't either have that ability or we're, we, we have enough going on as it is. I have, I'm, I'm sure I'm part of, like... How many Patreons three, now? Three Patreons. I'm now part of... Two YouTubers. Yeah, I know you always are giving Josh like the um, donations on because it's like yeah, I've been hitting him up on Fridays, you know, help out because he's actually it's not something I do all the time, but he's preparing for the 420 event where he's going to have some of the best Mortal Kombat fighters fight. They're going to have a bunch of weed, a bunch of treats. He's got treats. He's apparently got a big house and a big place that he's going to have people over. It's going to be a big event for him, so he's. You know, he's putting money up for it, and it's going to be televised, or not televised, but uh, on the internet, of course. And, uh, you know, it's a big deal for him, and, you know, I try to help him out, get his uh, channel monetized and everything, because he's still building up, like, you have to put in a certain amount of hours just to get to where Fat Samurai is, where you can actually click on something on the chat and, like, send a PayPal donation or whatever. He's not even there yet. He's got, like, Streamlabs to where I go to do that. But it's cool, because... If I put a donation, it pops up on the screen like Dog Soldier, five bucks or whatever it is. And he's like, hey, thanks, Dog Soldier. You know, it's great. I'm trying to think. I, I, we donated one night because we were, we were drinking, watching Fat Samurai Guy. Yeah. And I'm, I just kept donating. And I'm like, I want to dance. <laughs> Remember that night? Yeah. I was like, I want a dance break. And I sent him like 20 bucks. And he's like, I guess I got to do a dance break. 
Yeah, yeah. So, in Samurai Guy, he'll he'll do it where he'll post up the because uh, the way he has it his is that if you if you do a payment, it highlights the the post, and so then he'll pop it up on his screen while he's doing a show and say, "Hey, thanks for the donation, Neko." And then, oh, we got to dance now. Okay. <laughs> he's like, "Thanks a lot, so, Neko." But we we love him and he loves us, and now I've, I've he's created what he's called uh, the Join Channel now. ETN with Rob and all of them do that already, but Fat Samurai just went to that. And, so and what I'm, is the join challenge? It was it, it, not a challenge. It's, it's now you can join his channel. Okay. And so when I go into the chat feed, I've got this little icon that says I'm a premier member. Oh, you're a joiner? Yeah, so it's like two bucks a month, and he's got different levels just like Patreon does. But, but like for me, I have been a big fan of the Big O and Dukes show right. for how long? Since, what, like 2000? It's gotta be two decades. I mean, it's been since before I met you mm-hmm. that I've been listening to them. And um, the show had to move on, just like people's jobs and stuff. And Chad, he started his own podcast. Well, immediately when he said he was going to start his own podcast, I went on and I like signed up as a founding men- member. And it's like 12 bucks a month. And I get all of his shows and all of his bonus shows. And I'm like, I'm getting content every single day. And it's something I want to listen to. And I don't even know why I have a real radio in the car. Because all I do is go to my podcast app and turn on my Bluetooth in the car and listen to my podcasts. And I, you know, if it, I always say this to Anubis. If it's something that you like and it's something that you are going to use, I don't care if we pay for it. I hate wasting time and wasting money and like finding subscriptions like when well, when you- I first when I first met him, he had a subscription to some old ass internet that he just forget kept forgetting to and we weren't even living together or sharing finances or anything but he would be like oh i i don't even remember what my login is i'm like you need to cancel that shit you have your own internet now and he was living with his roommates so they were like splitting up costs so he um he was in charge of paying the cable bill and the internet bill so he upgraded to like the, the this is when cable internet was a big deal he upgraded to the cable internet and he was like really really happy but then i'm like you got to cancel your old school, like, you know, boo doo boop, 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 internet. And he's like, I don't, I don't know how. And my big thing, you always want to support the things that you love, right? Just, if, it, if it's not something you love, just fucking cancel. Well, well, part of the problem is, well, not really a problem, but one of the things is, when it comes to this stuff, is that because we're all, even including us, we're all, like, smaller... What do you want to call it? Uh, We're just a venture. We're not even a business. We don't want... No, yeah. We, we, you know, I've thought about it, and Echo's brought it up that maybe we should try to monetize Middletown Radio, but I don't really want to do that because it really is It's a labor of love. Right. It's something that I just enjoy doing, and, like, I think that for us to go into that direction just means that, one, it become more work anyway, but, two... Because then all we'd be doing is trying to increase our traffic. Right. And so this is really just, a, as she said, a labor of love or for us to release and do things and just be together and, and do stuff for fun. But in the same way, with all these other YouTube personalities and even labels and you know promotional sites that I work with, we work with, 
Uh, we just try to help each other. Like, we're just, you know, we really enjoy their shows. We literally just want to watch their stuff and to listen to the music. It's all about just And that's the thing, right? Like, with Joshua Gray, like, you know, he was kind enough to do some voiceovers for us. So that, and that's really nice for me because one, you know, I can support his show, but two, I can talk a little bit about him, but he, he can give me a voiceover to help advertise his stuff. And then I, and then know, hopefully our people will be like, Joshua Gray sounds like he's a lot of fun. So, yeah, and like today I was telling Neko, you know, I, every Friday, Josh, who does these Mortal Kombat League, Combat League stuff, he's in a tournament and he's pretty good. Uh, for the rest of us in the chat room, there's some other players that are pretty good, and they, they he lets them play him I know. while he's on his stream. So for me, I'm like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna go in. I just I'm laughing because I'm like, you guys are just gonna have your way with me today. But I did all right. I mean, I wasn't totally horrible. But do you, you know. want, do you want me to play him next week? Because yeah, these guys are good. <laughs> I played some of the other dudes, and they just they worked me over hard. Um, I have to practice, though. I do. I, I don't have as much practice with it as they do, so I got a good excuse. But that's the thing. Like, he talks about you. He's done it on his YouTube, a different episode he's done. He's like, hey, Dog Soldier, which is my screen name on there, YouTube. He's like, yeah, hey, thanks for the uh, donation. Thanks for this. Even when I went to play him today, because my tag name, gamer tag, is uh, The Real Noobs. He's like... So he's like, this isn't the fake noobs, this is the real noobs. Oh, did he really say that? Yeah. Oh my god. So, that's that's the kind of fun with it. Same with Samurai Guy, Sentry, you know, these guys will bring up my name and sometimes even mention the station itself in the podcast, and that's what that's what I like. Like, it's not... I don't have to pay them to do it. Uh, they do it because they know that we're all working together to try and to help each other fun. out. Right. So here you have this company out of Finland that are, are trying to do something within the underground metal scene that they think is a lot of fun and people will enjoy and like. And that's exactly, it's certainly that's catered it to women. But, but that, there's enough women metalheads out there who would dig it. Right, that's that's the key. Like, you will find enough girls who are like, oh my god, I want this. And Neko is like, buy them all. I'm buying them all. So, I think I am buying them all, actually. Yeah, so that that's that's all it's really about for us when it comes to like some of these voiceovers. Like when I ask for bands or members or artists or labels or even these YouTube personalities to do these liners, it's not really so much for me as it is for them because I want them to get the exposure I feel like they deserve. Uh, and some of them are even smaller than others. Some of them are even smaller than us. So, you know, if I can give them some help and get some traffic going their way, we're all doing each other favors. That's what it's all about, is is supporting each other, getting the traffic, and... I and mean, I have to admit, to some degree, it's kind of working. The last four or five episodes that we've put up, we've averaged over 15 to 20 downloads. So it, it's working. In fact, I think it was like episode 104 that we did, that hit like 34 downloads and that wasn't without any kind of interview that usually that usually kind of happens when we have band interviews mm-hmm. and stuff so to get people to, to be interested via some of this you know these guys mentioning us or just being you know a part of their uh fan bases uh is helpful so that's what it's all about all right all right let's get back into the music got some black metal coming your way of course we have black metal new stuff from Bloodstorm. Priest raping, that's a good song. 
Uh, Hoth, I always love that band. And then we got some new stuff from Kubar PR from Ascog. This is called Ventor.
everybody. This is Mr. Joshua Gray. You can catch me live Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 8 to noon to the moon Pacific time, playing Mortal Kombat and showcasing different music, highlighting artists, plus catch the 420 DigiFest, 420 Digital Festival featuring four Mortal Kombat players, two exhibition matches, live 1 to 5 Pacific time on 420. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Joshua Gray. He is a presence. Like when you, even though you're watching him on his channel and he's playing video games, so he's like playing video games and looking at the screen to watch and play, he's got like a great voice and a great presence and he's fun. I mean, well, he's, like I said, and you weren't aware and I wasn't aware, like he had actually done in the past, like before COVID, he was doing like live events on, on game challenges. So you know how they get together for game challenges, like whether it's Madden or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. He, he was actually hosting it with someone else uh, with a mic and everything. And I'm like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. That's right, we, were, we saw that on YouTube. Right, so... And he also, like, he does voiceover acting. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he has been in commercials and stuff, too. Yep. So... And we found out that, um... Oh, man, what's that robot movie he had been a voice of in for Chappie. He did the voice for Chappie in that movie. I hadn't seen it, but he did the voice for the robot in that, which is kind of cool. Uh, so he, you know, he has a presence within Hollywood or whatever. It's not like a major movie star type stuff, but... But he's an indie. You're right. That's what we like. But he, like you said, he's very good. I, I watch him on this YouTube channel a couple times a week. Uh, I always, I always say, I'm like, you're hanging with your friends, yeah. and that's what that's what he says it feels like. That well, no, that's what she came to me today. She goes, "This is what you do all day." And I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> I talk to my buddies. I'm, meanwhile, I'm upstairs in my office, slaving away on conference calls all day. I don't think she's slaving away. She's just like she looks bored most of the time. <laughs> He's catching me on all these conference calls. But then like she's like, hey, you got those earbuds or like the wireless? Or I, I didn't order them yet. Shit. So I'm on a conference call today and it's three hours long and I've gone through all of my water and I have to pee so bad. And I'm like, do I take a chance and go pee and then hopefully, because I have my earbuds plugged in, I'm like, hopefully they don't say, Melissa, what are your thoughts? And I'm like pissing in the bathroom. So I'm like, if I had earbuds that I could like, that are wireless, that also had a microphone and I could like click it and mute and unmute while I'm mobile. While she blows ass. Yeah, while I'm at, John. you know, <laughs> but I just, I hold it. And then the other day when I was in the office, um, another one of these conference calls and I'm on mute and I'm my boss is on it too and so these one conference this is this is like what the world has come to there's a hundred of these things so this one conference call was on WebEx so we're they're on WebEx because th these are the developers who are doing our new purchasing software and we have zoom inter office so I send a message to my boss just like typing to I said I really have to use the ladies. 
I'm sorry. If they say something, you can just say Melissa stepped away. And she said, no problem. I went to the bathroom, came back, and the thing's over. I'm like, thank Christ. Oh, my God. It, that I think that's what's happening, though, nowadays. Um, my my company's... Well, you know what's funny is I think that because of COVID, it's, it's opened the door to a lot of stuff that we think that we could be doing now. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, even when things get back to normal, if they utilize zoom and this stuff more often because we saw how well it worked with school mm-hmm. well for kids well is a well opera. right right it right. works and you just need to tweak it right right there, but the, it does have like especially when we think about uh snow days so this way kids aren't stuck waiting two and three weeks after having to take off for snow days instead of doing that you can work from home on days like that and still get out at the same time every summer. I bet the people, because, like, there are people that have not come in at all right. at my company. Same with my old company since, like, March. I go in, like, two times a week, three times a week when I have vendor meetings. And I also feel it's important because I'm new. You do need to kind of develop that relationship. And I deal with a lot of people in production who have to be there. So it's kind of like... It would kind of be like me never going in there and trying to work with people who have to be there all the time. It's important for me to be on the floor, too. And I try to go down on the floor and get lost in my... This is a huge, huge... (laughs) building and i always i always joke with the people because i'm good until i get there's a a room where there's a water jet and Mm. you you know what that is right like where it cuts things and i get to the water jet and then i'm fucked i'm Mm. like and then i have i look around and i look all lost and i'm like how how do i get to be balcony um i'm i'm lost and but i find that it's the amount, like today, I was on a Zoom call with my boss for an hour and we didn't even see each other except for a few hours on Monday. We can work together. You can share your, your screen and say, help me with this. I'm confused. Or um, the the other girl that works in my department is also very new and um, she doesn't like I know how to use the software but she doesn't so a lot of times she'll uh come to me or come to Carolyn my boss and say can you show me how to do this and then if you just pull up your screen and say follow along that's the way you teach people um instead of like you know and and this uh other girl she does she didn't test positive for covid I don't even know if she actually went in to get tested but she hasn't felt good in a couple of weeks but has felt okay enough to work from home and we both are like uh carolyn and i are both like keep your COVID at home like don't don't come in and and i think that's one thing that a lot of companies are trying to stress like if you don't feel well even if you don't know if it's COVID or not and that's the luxury of having this work at home thing for a lot of you because now, because we don't know when COVID is going to actually go away. Now we're getting vaccines and all this other stuff, but we, as we pointed out, I have a feeling out, it's going to be around, but it's going to be like it's going to adapt. It's going like, to adapt, and we're going to. It might be like the flu, like, 
everybody gets the flu. You just need, you know, maybe get a flu shot every year. Maybe you need now to granted, get granted, your... Mr. Essential Worker hasn't got his vaccines yet. Cause, uh, and that surprises knows? me because I got my, I got a letter. Amazon don't give a shit about their employees. They no. talk a lot of shit about safety and everything else. And we're in the middle of a mega cycle where we need to get shit done. And we get it done, but it's on very unsafe environment and everything else. So. I'm going to give anyone who lives in Maryland a little hint. I went down to the stadium, the Ravens Stadium, and it's very efficient, and you go, you move in and out, but nobody checks anything. I had my essential worker letter from my company, and I just marked off that I'm essential manufacturing, and they're like, fine. You, you could go in there and say you're a teacher. Like, nobody would check anything. Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right, well, we're going to get into our rock block. Ooh, the rock block. A lot of new stuff coming your way. Uh, brand new stuff from Chevelle. You remember that band from the 90s? Yes! Um, not super familiar with them. However, their newer stuff that I've heard on this record. I remember them when they got played, but the newer album is a lot more like post-rock, which I really dig. So we're going to hear some of that. Uh, new bonfire, although they, this is actually part of a, I guess it was like a, a reworking of some of their old songs they did acoustically. This song isn't acoustic, but, uh, it came off that record. I like when people do that because, um. Well, they're all trying to figure out ways to keep putting out music and, you know, in some cases it's like that where they can't get together as a band and do it. So maybe one member will go and rework some stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, new King Gizzard and a Lizard Wizard. <laughs> Sonata and After Silence provided by Curtain Calls Records gonna kick it all off with Lost in Faith. All the memories will start to die and I feel alone. Please don't ask me if I need you.
For a place to take care of all your automotive needs, then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find in other automotive places. So call 
720-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you out.
hurry up, I have to tell the internet that I'm wrong. <laughs> You're wrong, motherfuckers! You're wrong! Bonfire with Young Bloods from their latest release. Oh, DJ Nibbins. DJ Neko, that's the latest release? I feel so 80s listening to that. That's because they were from the 80s. I know that. I know! Where's the cat? What are you fucking doing, man? Where's this kitty? I don't know, but you're up. I'm up! Your pick. My pick of the week. So, this is a band that Anubis and I both really like. Tons of songs by this band. And, um, for whatever reason, it's kind of been playing a lot, like, and this is, I don't know if this is prolific or what, or if it's just melancholy and depressive, but my mom always has the 70s on 7 on her Sirius, and it's come on I don't know how many times <laughs> while I'm driving her to her doctor's appointments, and it's a very beautiful song, but it's also like when you kind of put your head in what's going on with, with my life and my mom's life, I hear it and I'm like, I almost want to change the channel, but I don't want to be like obvious, because like, right. you know... From what I, I learned about this song, it wasn't really a planned song. They were um, kind of just fucking around, especially at the beginning, like with the with the the entrance, I, I guess the intro, and it kind of was just warming up or whatever. And the guys were like, "Hey, this actually sounds kind of..." Good. Let's make a song out Let's of this shit. Let's make a song out of it. And it turned out to be a beautiful ballad. And one of their better hits, too. Yeah. It's just. I feel like this song can represent so much, though, depending on where you are in your life. Like, you can listen to the song and be sad because you're like, all right, we we have such a limited time on this earth and blah 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 but then you can also listen to it like okay fuck it if that's all we are if we're if we are just dust in the wind then fuck it i'm gonna live my i'm living my life motherfucker <laughs> i well i don't think kansas said that 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 was not a lyric in the song but i i think i've heard this song my entire life because my mom likes Kansas and I grew up in a classic rock home, you know, classic rock leading, le like leaning towards hard rock because my mom also enjoyed Black Sabbath and um, ACDC, stuff like that too. And um, this was released in the late seventies, I think. Yeah, probably. And so I, I know I've, I've known this song my entire life and I've listened to it my entire life, and I feel like this is the type of song, depending on what is happening in your life, you can kind of frame it. Let, you know, you could you could be sad and listen to the song and, and say to yourself, yeah, this really hits home because all we are is dust in the wind. Or you could be feeling really powerful and positive, and you could be thinking to yourself, yeah, I'm going to keep moving forward because all we are is dust in the wind. It, it's, it's something that 
you hear the the melancholy you know you know strumming and you're like oh it's kind of like a mellow sad song but I don't want people to always think it's a sad song because I've listened to this song at different points in my life where I have been kind of like yeah fuck it all we are is dust in the wind I'm gonna live my life I'm I'm gonna do what I want to do I'm gonna feel strong and it can it really can speak to you on both levels I think right now just because of what's going on with my mom I kind of feel like the more sadness in it but 10 years ago or whenever I would listen to it and and be like yeah it doesn't matter all we are is dust in the wind so like let me live my life and let me live it my way and this isn't kind of like you know Judas Priest going one life I'm gonna live it up this is more of like a uh, heading out to the highway <laughs> <laughs> this is more of like a a subdued way of saying you get one life it it is yours to live and you know the whole part of you that is life is just a split second in this universe so frame it however you want but it, well, it's one of those songs it's where a powerful it, song it can be interpreted any way you want mm -hmm. so and, and you feel the power in the voice in the music and the beautiful part about it is they're not like giving you the oh right in your face and this is what you need to be and it's so beautiful and subtle and every time I hear it I get chills and uh, of course if you haven't guessed the song we're talking about is Kansas dust in the wind here we go Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow. And we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, DJ Neko's Pick of the Week. Oh 
What's up, everyone? This is Richie from Grave Huffer, and you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Rank it the fuck up. Alright, DJ Nubis. And DJ Nico. Back with you, and we are going to talk a little bit about the movie Run. So, recently, um, Anubis and I, we have a love-hate relationship with cable packages, so I canceled cable after football because I'm like, that's the only reason we had it, was to get all the sports channels, and then Anubis was like, I want to watch March Madness, and I'm like, oh, God, is there, like, a streaming site? Whatever. No, there's not. So (laughs) I I went to Hulu because they give you a seven-day free trial, and then it's pretty reasonable for a nice package with the sports channels, and they don't make you lock into a contract. So after March Madness is over, we can cancel Hulu and then go about our merry way and then, you know, re-up on Hulu whenever we want. Why not cancel Hulu? No, we're going to cancel Hulu. <laughs> but we have so many freaking subscriptions. But we, we, we subscribe to the Hulu with live TV and the DVR and all the fanciness. But the nice thing about Hulu is, I mean, if you really like Hulu, we could drop down to just like without the live TV. And it's it's like $5 a month if you wanted to do, wanted to do that. But... The interesting thing about this was we found out about this movie called Run, and we had just subscribed to Hulu, so we're like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's let's check. Well, that was the thing, like, through Samurai Guy, because one of his special guests that he does, these YouTube things like Versus shows with and all that, where he pits one movie against another that are similar in nature... One of his guests is the assistant director on this film, Kyle Wong, who also uh, has done stunt work and whatnot. So he has an attachment to the TV series Warrior, which we've talked about in the past. But he's an assistant director to this. Um, the, the, the head director is Anish Chagantri, Chaganti, excuse me. And uh, but they had been promoting this movie, which had come out in 2020. So, you know, we were looking around for something to watch, and I said, well, let's give this a go. We've been hearing about it, so we'll check it out, because we like Kyle and the stuff that he's done as far as his work and everything. And And come to find out, Sarah Paulson, one of our favorite actresses, we obviously first saw her on American Horror Story, but she's just, she she can act her face off, man. She can just pull off anything. And, um... Yeah, she's, uh... And she can do a very convincing villain very easily. Mm-hmm. But she does the villain in this movie, like, nice. Do you, she, if, she, if that makes any... She plays a good crazy. Mm-hmm. So basically, the premise of this is... Uh, Paulson plays a mother who has a young daughter who is confined to a wheelchair. And she has all these other issues like diabetes, um... What's asthma, asthma, and like can't go out in sunlight. Yeah, she has a sensitivity to sunlight. Um, so you think it's multiple, just like multiple, yeah. multiple ailments because you see at the beginning she has a kid. That's, she has a kid who's premature, and 
you see the baby in the NICU and that's all they show you and then they flash forward to the little girl and she's getting ready for college she's a smart girl but she's still like I said confined to a wheelchair and all this but then as the story is going along we start to unravel secrets held by the mother uh, when it comes to her kid and like and there's going to be spoilers here, so I'm, I apologize ahead of time, but you can cut it off now if you haven't seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, we will spoil it for you. Uh, she starts to unravel that her mom's been feeding her pills that were meant for dogs, like, it, and it causes paralysis in the humans. So, And it's really interesting how she finds out, because she was just digging through the groceries, and... Um, she wanted some candy. Right. She has a. She has a. The problem is she because of her ailments, she can only have so much chocolate. So, her mom would give her these chocolate balls as treats, and so she was like, "Oh, I gotta snack some of these while mom's out of the car or on the phone or whatever it was." And she finds the pills, but they're under her mom's name, and she knows she's been taking them because of the color of the pill. So, she asks her mom about it. Her mom says, "No, the receipt just." tells me it's my name but it's your stuff yeah the receipt is wrapped around the bottle but it's your name is on the bottle and then when she pulls the bottle out of the medicine cabinet she sees her name is on the bottle yeah she pulls the the, the thing back and reveals that her mom did have her name underneath it uh, her mom was making fake labels right. and putting them on the outside so it made it look like it made her. it look like it was actually her medicine and her mom kind of realizes how smart she is because she's really into physics and into um, building robots and mechanical engineering so she knows her kid is smart but what she started doing was turning off the internet yeah late at night when the kid's in bed turns off the internet and you know she's done things to kind of ensure because she doesn't work really so she goes out and She's such a Right, so she does simple things, but she doesn't give her kid a lot of leeway because she makes her think. And the kid is homeschooled yeah. as well. So eventually, uh, the more that goes on, the more we learn that Paulson's character lost her baby when it was young and that's at the same time stole someone else's baby from the hospital, which turns out to be... Uh, this little girl, Chloe. Kiara Allen, who plays Chloe. And Chloe starts putting this stuff together, and now it becomes a real big issue because she's... Because Chloe's done all these things to try to, like, make people understand and, and catch their attention, like the mailman and people at the pharmacy when she's like... My mom's been giving these me these pills, and they're not meant for me. So, like, yeah, what are these pills? But somehow, Paulson is maybe she to actually get called a random phone number and right. said, "I need you to do a Google search on the name of this prescription." Just some random person she called on the phone. I was like, "I just need you to get on the internet, look this up." So she's putting this shit together and realizing that her mom's been forcing her to be paralyzed, where she can actually walk. She finds old photos where, as a kid, a young kid, she's running around. And, you know, she's getting scared. And now the mother, again, is still like, no, no, I know what's best for you. Uh, and then when finally, when it's all revealed that she's a stolen baby, she's like, Who, have I ever been a bad mother to you? 
And that's not really the point, but we all know what's going on in Paulson's mind. She's just really... She can't she, let go. She couldn't have... She couldn't deal with the, the death of her kid when she had it. Stole one other kid and now just has a hard time saying, Oh, I can't let her go to college because what happens is she become off the pills, supposedly, or the, uh, theoretically. Um, theoretically? Yes. And she would discover that she can walk and all these other things. So she... The thing is, though, is that Paulson's been feeding her this medicine for so long that it's going to take a long time for it's it to... A, and we find out at the end, mm-hmm. like, even as Chloe gets older, she's still not quite over it. Like, the, the muscles and everything else in her body hasn't really healed the way it should. But it all comes to a climax at the hospital because <laughs> as it looks like... I don't know if, like... Paulson's character was really going to try to kill her at that point. She was looking up homeopathic neurotoxins and she was brewing something in the basement and um, she put Chloe in the basement, kind of locked her down there because Chloe, she locked Chloe in her room, first of all. Chloe is a smart girl. She figured out how to escape, got to the mailman. The mailman was going to take her to the police. Or to the hospital and then have the police look into because she did say my mom's hurting me. Mm-hmm. He had and to then, take that seriously. And the, and he really did take it seriously and Paulson killed the mailman and then took Chloe back home. And that's where she ends up in the basement and that's where she starts digging through all these old records and that's where she finds out that she was a stolen baby and she sees these old pictures and she finds the death certificate of the original Chloe. Right. So, so, <laughs> um, so at, yeah, at that point, um, it's clear that Chloe doesn't trust Mother anymore. And Mother, with whatever brew she's got kicking up, I don't know if it's going to help keep her paralyzed or kill her. I know she was trying to do it to keep avoiding, in, in order to avoid. She kept saying, we can start over. Right. We can start over. You're going to forget everything. We're going to start over. But... Once Chloe locked herself in a room, she drank something. I forget what it was. Uh, but it made her really sick and was about ready to kill her. Because she was like, you're going to have to take me to the hospital. And she just, like, downed it. And Paulson crying once because she worries that her kid's going to die. But then, too, is like, I'm, I don't, I'm going to get found out. So as Chloe's at the hospital. She's intubated. She has. She's She's on a ventilator. And she wakes up and she's terrified and then she realizes her mother is there too. So she tries to write write a message message to the nurse there. And the way that the the mother is playing it out, Paulson, is that her new medicine is making her schizophrenic and it's not working well for her. So she's trying to blame the doctors. Yeah, she's blaming the doctors. But then the doctors at the hospital are pretty sharp. They're like, um, ma'am, we realize that Chloe has changed primary doctors, like, multiple times in the last five years. Um, can you explain that to me? And blah, 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 blah. Well, Chloe, she's intubated, but she's conscious, so she's, you know, buzzing her nurse, and the nurse is in there, and she signals that she wants to write something, and the nurse gives her something to write with yeah Yeah, and she's trying to write but it's still really hard and then there was a code blue called 
which and the nurse had to step yeah, away. Yeah, the nurse had to step away. Code blue is is like every all hands on deck in a hospital. So the nurse had to step away. Paulson comes in, rips the fucking tube out of her daughter and starts like wheeling her out and yeah. and then the nurse sees the note and what Chloe had written was mom. And the nurse kind of feels like something's wrong and then she calls security and they find mom trying to wheel Chloe out and mom's got a gun and then they shoot mom and she falls down the steps. Right. And then, you know, the thing is like they start to put it together that mom's been probably doing something bad with this girl. They don't even know that she's not really her kid. They just They just think she's got the Munchausen by yeah. proxy type. So she, they shoot her in her arm and she falls down the steps and of course now they have her and of course they put her in like a psychiatric home. Uh, and then at the end... She's in, a, she's in a correctional facility. Right. And then at the end, uh, what was it, seven years later, uh, Chloe's a little bit grown up. She apparently has a husband and kids. She has a kid, kids, yeah. yeah. And she's still using a cane. That's the thing that we talked about with the stuff that uh, Paulson's character was feeding her, the mother. Uh, because she hadn't quite gotten over it, so she's got this Like, cane. her body has been so she used can, to that medicine. So she still uses a wheelchair a little bit, but then she can use a cane at least to walk a little bit. So she goes and sees her mom, and... It's so chilling, though, the way she's talking to her. She's just like, oh, mom, and you, you would just love to see the baby. She's taking her first steps even better than I'm taking my first steps. And It's all, like, kind of, yeah, like, dark we sarcasm. Spent, we spent Christmas with the grandparents, you know. And then at the very end, she pulls this little baggie of uh, green pills out of her mouth. She's like, now, open up. And she was giving her the same pills that she was being given to keep her paralyzed because her mother looked really ragged there. At the, I don't know if it's just because of everything that was going on or how I long mean, I'm, I'm assuming she visits her regularly. Yeah. And she's doing exactly what the mother did. The mother is a doting mother. Now she's the doting daughter visiting her incarcerated mother and stuffing the green pills down her throat. Yeah, it's, it's, and the mother is very aware that she's, she can't really do much about it, but she's very aware of what's going on. She's like, it's time for your medicine, mommy. And she gives her like a week's worth of dose at once. And she's like almost completely paralyzed. Like, yeah, it's, it's big time revenge there. But like one thing that Neko and I noticed is we already knew Paulson was a really good actress, but this young girl, Kiara Allen did a phenomenal job as Chloe and uh, we were just kind of like amazed at how well she was able to convey the feelings and the trauma. The fear yep. and oh. Yeah, it's a very good film. There were some things where we're like, it reminded us a little bit of misery. And then to me, there there are real stories about parents who do this to their kids. And one of the most, um, one of the most, I guess, notorious is Ruby Blanchard, who murdered her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard. And... Dee Dee Blanchard, she literally was doing the same thing to Ruby, like forcing medicine down her. She had a feeding tube, so she was really skinny. She would shave her head. And Dee Dee, as she got, or excuse me, Ruby, as she got older, was realizing, I'm, don't, I'm not that sick. And now Dee Dee was not as, as savvy as the movie was. And Ruby was getting on the internet and seeing things. And she got a boyfriend on the internet. And eventually, she and her boyfriend killed her mother. So, it kind of, like, hit me, because, like, 
Dee Dee Blanchard was very much like Sarah Paulson, or Sarah Paulson was like Dee Dee, where using all the sympathy and Dee 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 got make a wish she got to make a wish house they got to go to Disney World like used 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 and then as as Ruby got older she was realizing like there's nothing really wrong with me and she was an a like an adult like 2021 when she met her boyfriend online and they decided that they were going to kill her mother and Ruby's in, in prison and so is her boyfriend, but I mean, I almost can't blame them for, for doing that because how awful is that to well, like take your entire life from you? Back to your point about the misery, like there is a character, uh, the pharmacist who Chloe runs to while her, her and her mother are at the movies and she goes out to go to the bathroom. She goes across the street to a pharmacy to try to figure out what these pills were. Uh, the pharmacist there was named Kathy Bates, which was paid homage to, obviously, Misery. And I love that. Um, the other thing is, like, and I'm trying to forget, because I already forgot what I was going to say about that. Um, it was capitalized off what you just said. Uh, shit, I forgot. Damn. About murder? Nah, oh... We we had seen stuff kind of like what you just talked about with like Sixth Sense. There was a there was a piece in there where the mother was feeding her daughter mm -hmm. like shit, killing her slowly, killing her. And of course, the young boy is talking to Ghost, and he figures out that she's trying to convey to him what happened to her. And of course, if you ever seen Sixth Sense, you know exactly what happens. But we've seen similar things like this throughout other movies where. Especially mothers, for some reason, are, are killing their kids for attention or dawdling, as you said. It, it, it's, it's almost like a sense of control mm -hmm. and a sense of, like, that's all they know anymore. They're just a mother, and all they can do is be a mother and a caretaker, and they can't let go. Yeah. Um, but the other thing about this, we've mentioned Kyle Wong, who is assistant director on this. Uh, you know, it's funny because he was actually assistant director on We Summon the Darkness, a movie I saw a couple of years ago off of Netflix, which is pretty interesting. It was fun. A lot of fun movies. About three girls who go to a rock concert and they're supposedly like very Christian and whatnot. Uh, one of the girl's dads is uh, a preacher, so thus he, they would go in and go to this concert, but they lured three boys back to their house, which they planned to sacrifice to the devil. <laughs> so it was kind of funny, just so, uh, well, I don't think it was even sacrifice to the devil, they were doing it in the name of God or some shit, but it was, it was a pretty funny movie. Uh, but he's also worked on the second reboot of The Grudge, which happened in 2020, which I've heard is bad, but he, he was part of that as assistant director on that as well. He's been on a dog's journey as well. He's done, like, a lot of different movies, which is kind of cool. Uh, he did a, he did work on um, a train. as a trainee assistant director on the Channel Zero TV series, which also showed up on Shudder, so I may have to go back and revisit that just to see how well the, uh, those episodes turned out, but... Uh, I really like Kyle. I like the work that he's done. He's really fun when he's on the Samurai Guys show uh, and channel talking about movies and their versus episodes. So it's been a lot of fun watching him and the rest of them go at it. 
But uh, if you haven't checked out Run, do it. It's it's really good. It's a good. really good movie. I mean... Very well put together. It's by Lionsgate, so it's not like a B-rated movie or anything. I mean, I, I would probably give it like an 8. Easily. Yeah. Easily. If not for just the acting alone. Like, you know, even if you don't think the story is very original, the acting is top-notch. That's the only reason I give it an 8, is because the story itself is not the most original. There have been lots of, like people being trapped in homes and, and imprisoned in homes movies, but Sarah Paulson and um, the what was her name? Kira? Kira Allen, yeah. She, the, those two, they're amazing actresses, and I think they just take it, like, to the next level, and I, that's what makes it, and I mean, like, on their acting alone is a 10, but again, because this concept is not like the most original i say an eight but would i watch this again yes i would watch it again and again and again because i watched it and i felt like on the edge of my seat and i feel like if i watch it again i'd still be like i know what's happening but fuck yeah it, it, it makes you uh think about things and it's very tense very uh, thriller like and that's the whole point of it so very worth it all right into our next block got stuff from against pr curtain calls and grand sounds kicking off with nanga parbat this is through a lake of damnation <laughs>
Hey everyone, this is Blake from Pig Destroyer, Hate Beak, and Zealot R.I.P. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko at Metal Tavern Radio. Get into it now. You gonna kill me now, Snake? I'm too tired. Maybe later. I've got another deal for you. I want you to think it over while you're resting. I want to give you a job. We'd make one hell of a team, Snake. The name's Plisk. This is the Retro Movie Vault with your hosts DJ Anubis and DJ Neko only on Metal Tavern Radio. You haven't heard anybody say anything about either one of these. Well, what about these two? Well, they suck. These are the same two movies? You weren't paying any attention. No, I wasn't. I don't think your manager would appreciate it. I appreciate your ruse, ma'am. I beg your pardon? Your ruse, your cunning attempt to trick me. Alright, we're back. DJ Neko. And DJ Nibis. Neko. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. <laughs> Retro DVD movie vault. So we watched this a couple of days ago, and... Noob's Pick of the Week. There. It was Noob's Pick of the Week, and it's a movie I like, too. I think for me... What I love about this movie is it's so 80s. Like, it is the 80s. I think whenever you see a John Carpenter film, you're going to get exactly that. Even some of the stuff that he tried to release later, except for the latest Halloween that he did. But, his, you know, he did a lot of great movies in the 80s, and Escape from New York is one of them. And it's always been one of my favorites. It's got this very dystopian, like, Dark. It was like the first dystopian movie. Just about. Before all this other well, shit. You could say Warriors might have been fit. No, no, no. Warriors was about real gangs and it wasn't like a dystopian place where, you know, everybody's. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe. Um, well, they did say, what was it? Um, like one of the pre things before the movie started it was like crime and risen like 400%. And I'm like, and that's that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> But it was funny because, you know, the idea was that all this shit was happening in 1997. Of course, this movie was made in 1981. So, obviously, we're here in 2021. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have to wonder how that movie would be made today. But uh, stars uh, Kurt Russell, who has played in a few Carpenter films, including uh, The Thing, the which thing. is one of our favorite. Yeah. Uh, it has uh, Lee Van Cleef, mm-hmm. awesome dude from The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Uh, Ernest Borging, who was in uh, Airwolf's TV series, among many other movies. Donald, Donald Pleasant, another 
John Carpenter, familiar from Halloween series and uh, stuff like that. Isaac Hayes as the Duke <gasps> of New York. That he is the fucking Duke of New York and he's chef. Now, it's funny. Can we see a movie with Isaac Hayes being the Duke of New York and Christopher Walken being the King of New York? <laughs> How awesome would that be? It's like a, Ga- a, a Kong versus Godzilla and it's, it's Walken versus Hayes. That would be fucking amazing. That's We gotta come up with that movie. Gotta figure out a way to get that movie made. Well, I mean, we've, we've talked about this with Ace Ventura. How does someone take a con... It's a pet detective. And he's... It's not any sillier than that. Come on now, we could get that to the movie studios, right? Uh, also, there's Harry Dean Stanton and Adrian Barbeau, who's another fixture in Carpenter stuff like The Fog and stuff like that. So, a lot of familiar faces. It didn't get a lot of great reviews. Even uh, uh, Roger Ebert gave it kind of thumbs down. But Really? Yeah, I think he only gave it like a two and a half out of five stars or something. But he was like saying or something to the effect of... Can someone please remake this? Like he didn't like he didn't even like Russell's uh, Kurt Russell's character. Yeah, he didn't like. Well, he or wasn't much acting. acting. See, but Kurt- I thought Russell was great. He thought that Russell was kind of like overacting or trying to be like a cowboy like Eastwood. But I'm like, that's not really what he's doing. Um, he's being sarcastic. Right. It's all a lot of sarcasm there. So for me, what I love about this movie is you don't need like crib notes to watch it and i feel like nowadays every movie you watch even not even so much nowadays fucking inception and fight club i still don't get either one of them and (laughs) i i need to google everything while i'm watching it i like that this movie is action-packed and fun and the only thing i like i haven't watched it in a while but we we enjoy this movie so we're, we're watching it I, at the end, when he's messing with the tape, I'm like, wait a minute, how the fuck did that tape get get switched out? That's the only question I had. In Fight Club, I don't know how many times I've fucking seen Fight Club, and I'm still like, how is all this happening? What the fuck is happening? Inception? Don't even get me started. I I don't even know what plane I'm on when I'm watching Inception. I like a movie. I I do like thought-provoking movies, don't get me wrong, but, like, I really like this movie I could sit back I was I was working and watching this movie at the same time and enjoying it I I don't want a movie where I have to stare at it and not take my eyes off of it and then be confused pause it Google that's not true though Hmm. that's not true because you and I both love Vanilla Sky a lot and that's something you have to actually pay attention to but it just depends. But see, the thing is, with Vanilla Sky, I got it the first time. It took me like five watches of Fight, Fight Club. Club to realize that Tyler Durden is who Tyler Durden is. And I'm like, <laughs> how did I miss this the first five times, number one? And then I'm like, how, did, how, how does that even work? And then with Inception, I still don't even know what the fuck is going on. Because well, that's purposely done. It's purposely made you think, is it really happening or is it not well like the last time i watched inception which was fairly recently you i think you and i were watching i was like (laughs) it's the guy at the beginning it's the asian guy and he's that guy in the other part yeah i'm like it's that guy and you're like yeah and i'm like i just got that like it just but escape from new york basically the premise is is that 
we've had a, a rising crime and what they've done is they've taken the entire part of Manhattan and New York and made that entire island into a prison. So they just built this huge ass wall, which technically I'd be all for. <laughs> Not in New York. Sure. Pick some other horrible place. No, put them all in New York. No. Fuck New York. I like New York. Manhattan? No one cares about Manhattan. I care about Manhattan. That's the thing is they put it in Manhattan and they're like, yeah, we're going to stop it here at the at, at uh, Long Island. Yep. So you you put all the criminals and the, the bad people in there and just let them live and try to make their way throughout the, their whatever time there. And uh, obviously they're not taking care of themselves or trying to be a, a part of society at all within that little island. So there, it's like it's like ghetto nation there. It's just really bad. Shit's all fucked up. It's beyond ghetto nation. It's like we're gonna fucking eat sewer rats and and probably cobble. each other. Yeah, it's probably crazy like that. But what ends up happening is Donald Pleasant plays the president of the United States during that time. His plane, uh, Air Force One, is hijacked by some terrorists who decide they're gonna crash the plane within Manhattan to try to like force this fatal blow because America, uh, Russia, and I think. One other China. Nation. Yeah. We're all at a... How funny. Mm -hmm. We're all at this, like, very critical point of yeah, war. Yeah, it was like, they were all kind of, at a, like, at a stalemate, and it was, like, one, like, inch to the left or right, somebody was going to blow each other up. Yeah, so, you know, the, Donald Pleasant, the president's on his way to, to a conference to try to work things out between the nations, and before his plane is hijacked... They crash it into Manhattan. He takes his escape pod out, and the president makes it slightly out of the plane. However, he's now stuck in Manhattan where, as we talked about, Isaac Hayes being the Duke of New York, he's like the head head guy. So they take the president, and they're going to use him as basically as ransom to try to get out of the prison. So in comes Lee Van Cleef, who is like in charge of running the the prison from the outside uh like kind of like the warden and he uh he goes and he at this point snake pliskin's like this ex uh military guy who's been just kind of living on the edge and doing his own criminal activities he's but he's well known he's like feared enough as a guy that whenever he gets whenever anybody comes across him they know exactly who he is he's like oh my god you're snake pliskin so Lee Van Cleef offers him a, a, a deal of like you know a pardon to go in, get the president within twenty four hours, and bring him out, and they'll basically clean his slate. But they put these things inside of him. So yeah, sort of. Uh, you know, it, it's if you ever seen uh, Escape from L.A., it's similar, but. Well, Escape from New, L.A. came out years after. Right, that. but it's it's worse than New York, but. So they, they implant something into Pliskin that is like a, like a bomb. So if he doesn't get out before 24 hours, it's just going to explode so he, before they can like do whatever they need to disarm it. So they send him in. They give him guns and, you know, the little glider that he takes to the uh, World Trade Center, which, you know, is still there at the time, even though I think they were using CGI back then for all that. Yeah, but, but I mean, at that time, the World Trade Center still existed, so... Right, so he goes in and he's... Obviously, he knows Harry Dean Stanton's character. They have a past. Adrian Barbeau plays Stanton's, like, love interest. 
Uh, Ernest Borgnine is just another criminal there, but he's actually a cab driver. So there's still cars that run. Uh, how they get gas? I know part of that's through the brain, who is Stan's character. But they were saying that they were producing their own like methane and through garbage and stuff. Yeah, so they were able to get certain things to work over there. Just it wasn't on the whole. So only certain people had vehicles and whatnot. Um, also notice uh, Tom I mean, Atkins think, is in this as well. He's also a carpenter regular. Let's think about Cuba. They've been making those 1950s vehicles work for how long? And they don't have access to much? Right. So, I mean, if you have somebody with half a brain in there, they can keep shit running. Yeah, so eventually, you know, Pliskin comes across brain and... He wants to get to the president because he, he, they tried following a tracker on the president, but it got taken off and given to some bum who, you know, Pliskin finds out. He's, like, trying to get out. He's like, look, the president's probably dead. I need to get out of here. And they're like, no, no, you got a few more hours. You go see if you can find him and bring him out. <laughs> get him! Right. So, obviously, Pliskin spends the rest of the time trying to find He gets hooked up with Duke, and, of course... He doesn't get the advantage all the time, so Duke has him as a prisoner, basically, before they put him in, like, a arena match with this big gargantuan dude. Um, the idea is the Duke is going to use the president to walk across this bridge, which Stanton's character has a map of all the mines that are located on this. They're all going to walk across and force, you know, the rest of the United States to let them out, or they're going to kill the president, whatever. Uh, it's very clever. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is very, like, it's not just like some, you know, shoot 'em up whatever, which it is a shoot 'em up whatever, but there's like a really solid backstory and a nice solid, like, I, I don't know, almost like a mind fuck. Yeah, you know, Ebert was kind of upset because of some of the CGI and stuff like that. The and, CGI wasn't that bad. This is 1981. And that's my point. Like, the time period plus, uh, the other thing to keep We've in mind is... We've seen worse CGI in 2020. The budget's involved. Like, it wasn't like Carpenter was handed millions of dollars to do this. Like, it, I think it was $6 million to make this. And a lot of that came off of his success from Halloween. So... You know, it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to put a bit of money up front, but $6 million, you know, it might have been a lot back then, but it's not a lot when it when you have, like, the technology we have now. And in the huge blockbusters we have now. Right. So, given the time period, and, you know, at this point, the thing had even come out, even the thing at the time didn't blow people away initially. All this stuff becomes cult classic afterwards. Um, Halloween was actually more successful than this or the thing, really at the time so the thing is like the atmosphere the way they've done it it really works uh nick and i really love it it's a cult classic for a reason um sure they could go try to remake this or reboot it but i, I just don't see the success in that same with the crow they, it, you can try to do all this shit it just doesn't work um, I, I feel like the only time it's worked and i think you and i agree with this is when, is despite how good Evil Dead was, the remake in 2013 was gorgeous. It, it was able to do everything right. They went a little bit different. They kept it just horror related. They didn't throw any comedy, and it worked. Um, you can't always do that. Nightmare on Elm Street didn't work. I um, didn't even watch it. Friday the 13th, they've tried it a couple times. It doesn't work. Uh, 
Black Christmas, same thing. You know, that, now the remake in two thousand six worked for me, but not everybody else. But the point is, I like, think I think when you you feel the atmosphere about this movie, and it's dark and it's gritty, and it, it that's what you want. You don't want. I feel like if they remade it now, they'd try to fancy it. it up. Yeah. And that's what happened. We keep that in mind with the Batman stuff from Tim Burton. They went to all glittery and fancy and colorful, and it doesn't really resonate. But it, it worked for a hot second. Well, it worked. Like, Batman Forever worked. It worked for two things. It worked because Jim Carrey was in it. it played a, a magnificent uh, Riddler. Uh, I'm talking about the first two. Batman and Batman Returns. I love... That's Tim Burton. Yeah, Those I were know. all dark. I'm saying once they went to Batman Forever, it started getting colorful, and they had all the pretty lights and all that stuff. But Kilmer did a decent job as Batman. Now, obviously, we're not going to talk about Clooney and them because it just turned into a train wreck then. Um, but that's the thing. You you nailed it. it, it Escape from New York is very gritty, uh, especially the filming back then. So I think that's why a lot of people can uh, love this and resonate with the time period that this is made. We always go back to the nostalgia of this stuff because it just works. It reminds us of our, of our childhoods. Uh, being kids, watching this for the first time, it's like the biggest thing ever for us back then. And now when I go back, I'm like, man, it, just, it really works. Like, even if you watch Escape from L.A. compared to Escape from New York, it just doesn't seem the same. Like, you can add Steve Buscemi, you can add uh, Pamela Greer and all these people into that, but then you just shined it up and it doesn't look the same. It doesn't have the same vibe or... Uh, grittiness about it. Well, and that's... You, what I, I really got from this is it felt like that's what it would be in a prison colony. So when you try to get it like a little bit more fancy, I hate saying fancy, but if you, you know, and I hate saying more advanced or more, you know, technological, but if you try to add too much to it, you're going to lose that kind of underground feeling and that's what we got with the crow too to your point it was a very it felt like you were part of a little club and you appreciated it and as time went on more people appreciated it like i don't think if you tried to make this now and you threw like you know a a 25 30 million dollar budget at it you wouldn't get the same effect because you want it to be gross and dark. I do need to be corrected on one thing. Um, aside from Ebert's negative review, uh, the film itself did receive positive reviews from Christmas and was a commercial success. So it grossed more than $25 million off a $6 million budget, so that's good. Um, it also was not so for Saturn Awards. I don't know how big Saturn Awards are, but for Best Science Fiction Film, Best Direction. So it had some success, uh, just maybe not as long-term like we all think of mm -hmm. today. Uh, most of the day, we think of Oscars and all this other shit. But, uh, yeah, it, it just, it, it, to me, it still holds up. I can still have a lot of fun with it. I don't visit it as much as often, but it's because we have so many DVDs now that we watch a lot of different things. So, uh, yeah, you know, I just, it was a great movie. I really love it. Uh to me, Carrello, that was really kind of his heyday. He's done a lot of great movies over his career, but during those early 80s with The Thing and uh, Escape from New York and stuff like that, he just 
It was great. I loved it. I mean, you and I were talking about Kurt Russell playing Santa Claus. Yeah. He's very versatile. And for Roger Ebert to be like, uh, yeah, he's a bad actor. I don't like his acting. He, I mean, that one movie with he and Goldie Hawn when... Okay. Overboard. Overboard. Yeah. yeah. How hysterical is that movie? But she was in the Santa movie. Yeah, too, she so. was. You know, she was Mrs. I mean, they're, Claus. They're not really husband and wife, but their partners have been. Partners They've been partners life, since like what the eighties, seventies. Yeah, forever. Well, yeah, they, that's one couple. You can the power couple that just doesn't lose any love. They're like two middle fingers to everybody. We're not getting married, so fuck you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just I can't find much wrong with this this movie at all. Um, obviously. People will have different opinions, but, you know... This is a movie we, we both have said. We've watched it many times. We'll watch it again. It may not be that, like... For me, like, one of the top-tier movies is The Departed. You know, I think this is a little bit lower. Like, maybe an 8. and Like, Departed is 10 out of 10 for me. Silence of the Lambs is 10 out of 10 for me. This is maybe an 8. I will watch it again. I've watched yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like... For me, uh, I really love this movie, but I don't think it's better than The Thing. The Thing is just a timeless piece of movie cinema. It's just amazing on all so many levels. Well, I mean, The Thing, some of those transformations are, you just, for the time period, number one, and the amount of horror that they put into the songs, the sound effects, back then... It wasn't as easy to just be like, do, 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 look, I'm a monster. They had to put effort into making a monster. I. Yeah, special effects back then, and we've talked about it before, was just off the charts crazy. And, like, whenever, like, I saw that movie that I kind of did a review a while back, when I think we were still out called Itsy Bitsy about the spider, they kind of went back to some of that old uh, animatronic. Uh, special effects and those are the kind of things that work it's really nice to see uh now obviously when it comes to stuff like the keiju and godzilla and stuff like that where you have larger things uh you could either go with the suits or you can go with cgi but the, the good thing is cgi has improved a lot um but again you and i will agree that taking something like king of the monsters where it looks so brilliant and comparing it to, say, the remake of Clash of the Titans is like night and day. Clash of the Titans fucked up, big time. I know, and they had all that technology behind them to... A lot of good uh, actors and, uh, in Yeah, that. I it, mean, you could have made that into something phenomenal. Epically, yeah. It could have been something so much more, but... And, that, and that's the thing, like, you know, we... Especially for us movie lovers, uh, we tend to really want to rely on the old Tom Savini special effects and... Stuff like that. We watched a TV show, and I don't even know how long it lasted, but it was about special effects, makeup and stuff, and um, we saw what people were able to do, and one of the things that really kind of, like, stuck with me was um, this girl was doing spider webs, and she was taking, like, hot glue and hot glue guns and to make it like you know how spiders like spit it out like mm -hmm. she was taking it and then taking like a high powered fan and you know using a hot glue gun and like and it looked like a spider web it was it was kind of phenomenal and I feel like that craft is not held 
as dearly as it should be because we have computers and we have animation. I really, really loved watching this behind the scenes where they're like showing how they do different things. And it was kind of a contest too, like who could make a better scene with the same scenario. Yeah, I think today, and, and this is probably the last thought I'm going to have on this, but when we talk about how movies are made and we talk about the grittiness that the original Escape from New York has, I think of it kind of like the Suspiria stuff. Um, the new Suspiria, we both kind of liked it, uh, but it, it approaches it totally different except for the ending. It's Everything except for the ending approaches it so much differently than what the original one from Argento. However... There's so much, a lot to like about Argento's version because of the one the colors used, the soundtrack from Goblin. Mm -hmm. uh, even if you're not crazy about the gore effects because they were a product of their time, the reality is he took a lot of chances with that too. So, But you can't really knock the newer version because he approached it differently on that aspect. And, I, and we appreciated that part of it where the dance became... A more focal point of the witchcraft. It was yeah, that was how you cast the spells. And so, it was kind of wild. If you if you're someone who's doing that as a, a modern day director, great. But if you're gonna go and try to copy something, in a in a way for like Escape from New York, if you're gonna try to redo that film, you're either gonna have to do it similar to what they did and get that grittiness. Or you're gonna have to approach it a whole different way. I feel like if somebody tried to do Escape from New York. They would make it Sin City. Yeah, they, they would. And it wouldn't work because you just... You, you, I mean, it, it could work if you do it right. However, I don't think either one of us really knows how it can be done because we're so used to the original. Mm -hmm. Because you know me. I was... I, once I heard they were redoing Suspiria, I was terrified. And even though I'm not really super crazy about the movie still, I, I, I did learn to appreciate it from a different level. and that And that's important. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, though, they didn't approach it differently. They, they did, but they didn't get it right. And that's, well, that's always the catch. In, in the early 2000s, they remade Psycho. And they tried to make it shot for shot, but updated, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, modernized. Yeah, yeah. so oh, it just didn't feel authentic or original and... I don't think anybody talks about the remake of Psycho because it's not that great. I would rather watch the old Psycho because it gives you more of a horror feel and it uses like, I don't know what the right word is. I don't want to say effects, but it uses like the angles of the, the camera and it uses just different little nuances. They tried to literally mimic it, but instead of it being in black and white, they made it's it in color. color, and then they made it, like, modernized. Like, oh, we're wearing modern clothes, and we're doing modern things, and that's good. But it didn't hold up, because even though there were, they, they were going shot for shot, it, it, it just isn't the same. Yeah, like, whereas with Evil Dead... It's a similar line, but there's different things with the characters going on. It's not the same setup. And then, as we said, the remake was a lot more horror-oriented. They didn't worry about comedy. And so, like, it I think relied a lot I on... I think that's what it is, is you have to have your own spin on something when you remake it. Or it's just going to be, like, a comparison. You're going to be compared anyway. Make it your own. Right. 
So that's that's our thoughts on that. We're gonna get back into some music. What's up next, baby? We have a brand new. Uh, actually, this is classic Temple Nights. I just stuff from last year, I think. Uh, but I have some news from Five Day Aerophant and New Midnight Odyssey, one of my favorite bands. So we'll get going on that, and we'll be back to close out our show. Whoop, whoop.
Looking for great deals on classic and modern rock and metal cassettes? Looking for those rare and classic cassettes from the good old days? Then Tomas Sabinski is the answer. So find your way at Discogs.com and look for seller name Night Wanderer. Tomas not only has excellent and fair prices, but puts extra care when shipping out to customers so that the product arrives undamaged and unscathed. And trust me, I've bought a lot of stuff from him. Comes in top fashion and great, great looks. Again, go to Discogs.com and search Night Wanderer.
Nubis. And DJ Neko. Back with you to close out episode 110 of the Hordes of Chaos here on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. We thank you so much for listening. This is our... I don't know what the right word is. It's like our hangout time? Yeah, right? We always say that. It's our hangout it's time. It's our hangout Our chance time. to do this together. We, we are together. We're listening to music. We're chilling and... It's something we both love. We we love talking about movies and music and just shit in general. And yeah, because really, really, the way things have been going on lately, and it's not really a bad thing, but she's not kidding when she says that she's busy as hell because I rarely see her. Even though we're in the same house, she's doing stuff on work and keeping that going, and I'm down here working on putting the radio together. This is like how my, my week when goes. I work, it's like, I go to work, he goes to work. When he's working, I work at home. I take my mom to the doctors. He takes my mom to the doctors. And then we, we designate this time as our time together. And we know... Yeah, because when I work Sunday through Tuesday, like we've been working such long hours that she's in bed before I even get home. And I try time. so hard to stay up. I'm <laughs> like, I'm staying up, but it's midnight, and I have so to you get up at 5 a.m. That's three days right there that I rarely see her, and then sometimes, like a couple days a week, she doesn't go in, so she'll be gone before I even wake up. And I'm doing, you know, stuff here. And then when she gets home or she goes over to her mom's. To I, I her. do. I do go over to my mom's and sometimes work at my mom's house. So Fridays is usually when we record and it's our like correlation. Like I, I worked from home today and I was, you know, three stories up working all day and he was doing whatever he was doing. And then we're looking at the clock and I'm like. I got off of a conference call at like 4.45 and I'm like, let's do this. And we sit, we chill, we enjoy the music, we chit-chat, we giggle, and that's the whole idea. Like, we are... Anybody who has been with somebody as long as we have been together, you learn that you have to like something together. You have to enjoy each other's company, and this is like a culmination of both. Yeah, it's like a give and take. I mean, obviously she knew going in that you know even when this stuff started happening in 2005 that this was very important to me music etc but she has interests that are similar to mine not everything but movie wise we do like a lot of things and we try to like wednesday nights and and thursday nights we try to watch stuff together because you are off of work well yeah tonight we're gonna watch more falcon and winter soldier but then we might watch a BG's doc. Which, I want to see that. Oh, yes. Yeah, we may not talk about it because it's not really metal related. Anything, but, but the it Bee Gees it might be were rock enough. before they were disco, so we'll see. Yeah. So, but that's, you know, th- tomorrow we're working around the house a little bit, so we'll be doing that. But, uh, yeah, so we do appreciate everyone who actually takes the time to check this out because in the end, it is a lot of work. We don't get paid for, but we put a lot of effort into and it's, it's, presenting it it's to enter- you all. We want to entertain you. I know that sounds nerdy, but that's really what it is. We want to just present that this is fun and we're entertaining. And it really is a labor of love between the two of us. More more so him. He puts in all the effort. I will like look up stories and uh, I'll tell him like things I'm interested in and we're going to watch a movie, etc., etc. But... For all everything that we do, it is mainly just to 
you know, bring the new music, bring out topics. And we want people to hear this so they discover new music. And the one thing I love about DJ Anubis is he's not just like, yeah, I'm going to play the hits all the time. He is talking to the labels. He's getting, I mean, 90% of what we play are things from our labels. And it's new. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, I wish I could just play like half a show of stuff that you know old stuff that we really love and it'd be great but that'd be like a six hour show we just don't have that kind of time so the reality is we want to we want the good new things that we love yeah because a lot of people spread across the internet right a lot of people don't even know that some of this stuff's out there well that's the same thing i said to you i hadn't heard um some of the stuff that was playing and I'm like doing the laundry as the music's playing and I'm like this is really good and you're like yeah right yeah so again much appreciated for the support uh, and obviously it's showing in our downloads so we're very happy about that and hopefully you enjoy the topics as usual any requests uh, feel free to hit us up um, even if you got topics you want us to talk about. Uh, yeah, if you want to talk about... I don't always know. promise it because if it's too political, we won't really get too But if it's about that. cats, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, cats are always good. <laughs> All right, so we got one track left from me. It's another uh, uh, song from Against PR. Uh, the band's called Veneno, and it's, the song is Deceiver, and we will see you next week. For Godzilla. That's actually this is bef- this is after Godzilla. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I it's ruined okay. It. No, you're good. Oh, oh, damn it! Son of a bee. I am not a cat. I am not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Later, all. Our intentions are now out